Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about an amazing company, Saddies, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family are second to none in putting high-quality, hand-loaded ammunition in your weapon to put down that big-game animal that you have been dreaming of. Aaron Satterfield offers a custom TSS turkey load known as a Saddies Fatty. Man, I, I got to tell you, I love the 12-gauge version of it. Chris shoots the 20. If you've listened to the podcast, I know you've heard the story about when he and I were hunting turkeys in Kentucky and he put one down at a really decent distance. They also make waterfowl loads, custom rifle loads, and they got general gunsmithing services. Contact Saddies Facebook page for more information. Tell them that Fuel by the Outdoors sent you. Recurve buck down, baby. Oh my gosh, that was freaking awesome. This is my first public land buck. This is my second set of the season. I can't believe, oh my gosh, I just heard him fall. I just heard him fall. Uh. I just shot my Kentucky buck. Welcome to Fuel by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates, Chris Leppert, and Josh Luck. What's up? Hey, everyone. And it is uh, getting close, getting close to the end of turkey season in many states. So uh, we have all decided. Who all's tagged out here in multiple states? Me. I. Not me, but the other two hosts have. So um, you heard Josh's story. <clears throat> what was that, the last podcast we did? Yeah, because that one was just you and yeah. me, right? No, two yep. podcasts ago. Two podcasts ago, because I did the conservation one at some point. The conservation one was before that episode. Well, never mind. I'm mm -hmm. a dumbass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the first podcast back with Chris. All three of us, really, in, hell, what, a month? Probably yeah. a little while. L little bit, a little bit. Um, so we've all got turkey stories to tell. Um, so... Why, why don't we why don't we start with this uh i think me well hold on i'm trying to think of order of birds killed here so there was josh's kentucky bird and yep. then i shot then i killed one you just mm -hmm. want to just start at the beginning of the season since basically everybody's season is over for the most part sure. unless, unless you're going out this weekend Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I mean, I'll be going out with my father-in-law, but um, and you might find me uh, down at Seth Drake's spot. Uh, <laughs> love you, Seth. Um, you might find me hunting like the evening of the last day or something, and I'll jump off a cliff if I kill a turkey <laughs> on the last evening. Uh, yeah, why don't we just tell the story of we'll just kind of go through back and forth on the story of our season. And why don't we start with uh, you with youth season, Rick, and your son? We did that already. 
Okay. We'll, we'll just do a quick, a quick, yeah, recap. quick recap. A quick overview. Yeah. To, to build, to build the greater picture, right? That's well, right. Uh, it's all the great picture. Just because we tagged out, then that ain't nothing. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. It just, just builds the greater picture of a great season overall, and just like all the successes and cool hunts everybody went on. The the biggest success this season is Harry getting a bird and watching Aaron blow up with saddies patties yep. like us killing birds is just icing like yeah we lick on mm-hmm. he had <laughs> he had the biggest fatty all season biggest fatty um oh my god <laughs> you guys you guys carry a six gauge and a five or six inch shell i want i want i want size uh i want double lot Do i want double lot tss please in a, Jesus, in a could you could you imagine that? Could you imagine if they made? Do they make double lot TSS? Maybe, but I don't want anything to do with it. Probably sounds like a damn A10 warthog. Josh, Josh is licking his chops over here as a physical therapist. He's like, "Yes, please shoot those. Yeah. You'll be coming to me. It's job security." That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Aaron and I have a deal work out. I'm like, Aaron, if these people are asking for three and a half inch 10 gauge, pump them out as much as you can. They'll wreck their shoulders and then have to come to me. And then you know what? During my education recommendation, I'll be like, oh, you should really just get like a 20 gauge. Go back to Aaron. I'll make it for you. It's just a loop. <laughs> hey, I missed a bird. Dude, you shouldn't have went to the 20 gauge. <laughs> That's funny. What's wrong? Can't handle more gun? Seriously? You're not, not going to be doing that for very much longer. <laughs> We're hoping that you're not even at that job like next turkey season. I hope not. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I'll just be Corey Godar's personal physical therapist. There you go. Can we talk about something? What? You just like to touch Corey. <laughs> He's having surgery. <laughs> Right. Is that what people say when they get a little too drunk in college? <laughs> have surgery. Oh my gosh. Uh, I did message him a bunch of information because he seemed a little anxious about his surgery. I was like, well, let me let me calm you down. Basically, you were there. I, I just told him, I was like, look, professional athletes have the same surgery and they go back to playing their sport. Like, You'll, be, you'll get back to where you want to be. Yep. Just got to rehab it right. And be smart and listen to your physical therapist. Well, that's right. <laughs> Steven. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So turkeys. <laughs> so grief. It's the best movie of all time. <laughs> the best movie quote. Steven, my lisp. It's gone. It's <laughs> gone. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. It's awesome. Oh, <laughs> All right. We got to stay on topic, guys. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Yacht. All right. All right. So, uh, just as an over overview, um, as, as stated previously, my son got a bird in Ohio after missing the bird in Kentucky uh, during youth season. I think. Uh, youth opener in Ohio was uh, April 15th because it was opening day in Kentucky. <clears throat> so 
uh, Harrison uh, shot and got his bird. He got a uh, Jake actually just cooked down the legs yesterday and had some of it to eat today. And uh, it wasn't too long after that that I believe Josh no Josh shot a bird earlier that day. That was that was uh, earlier that day. Josh had shot you had shot your Kentucky bird that day, right? Yep, I shot opening morning of Kentucky season. I want to say it was 40, 40 minutes in the legal light. That was uh, that was the day everyone but Chris killed a bird, basically. So yeah, yeah. That, that that's the missing piece of the puzzle here, and, and that that will be that's a good segue. Not not your misery, but like it's a good segue into <laughs> what happened into hunting that weekend with me in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah so was, we heard the recap of my bird and my perspective of that hunt because I had briefly discussed Chris missing his bird. So let's hear. Let's hear your side of the story. Let's hear from Missy Misserton. Mr. <laughs> Missington. Hey, put oh. a turkey in front of you at 30 yards, I get nervous. You <laughs> stick them out a little further, I'm like, oh, that's fine. You know, <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder myself about this because I don't miss a lot when birds are like three football fields away, but when they're where they're actually supposed to be, Somehow I'm missing. So uh, Josh and I did <clears throat> probably some of the best scouting we could ever hope to do with some of the best results, not only in just getting on birds and feeling confident, but gaining knowledge and woodsmanship uh, through that scouting. And we had some birds. Well, I mean, plain and simple, we had birds killed. Uh we knew that if nobody messed it up, we were going to kill some birds. So we got in there super early. Uh, I think we were set up at like something crazy, like 4.45 or something before anybody's nice. even, like other people are waking up at that time. We're yeah. sitting down sipping coffee. So yeah, we're at the base of the tree. And part of the reason, well, number one, we're never beat to a spot, but number two, we snuck, we had to sneak in very close to the roost and yes. like extremely close. So we were getting in there uber quiet, taking our time and then just sitting there for a while, just to let everything like calm down and make sure we didn't spook anything. Yep. And, and our theory is at least mine, which I've kind of pushed on to Josh and clearly it's worked. Um, you can go in for the most part with a light on even and just be super quiet and if you get in there a few hours before daylight the birds are sleeping just like we do so there's very little chance you're going to spook them with a light as long as you're quiet but my thought is there's a good chance they can see you or at least freak out if you're tromping around falling down breaking sticks kicking stuff tripping over rocks logs etc Russian um, trying to get to a spot yeah. right well, before daylight. Really, I mean, if you don't have a light and you can't see, like, then you're going to be noisy more often than yep. not. So we got in there stupid early, got set up, and a guy did come in. I actually had two people. Um, one came in and literally sat in the grass behind me. I set up to where... I would know if somebody came and sat with me 
because any other person would sit up against a tree in the woods. This guy decided to lay down in the grass. Um, and so as it's breaking daylight, turkeys start gobbling. Um, a hen right in front of me starts to freak out and putt. And she flies off the roost, what, what I would call early. And I, I really couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'll bet there was somebody behind me. Sure enough, another person, broad daylight, is walking right by where a bunch of turkeys are roosted. Jeez. And I'm like, God, man, like, ugh, public land. So these birds pitch down on a bench on a pretty steep hillside. And I mean, these birds are 70 yards when they pitch down. They're pretty close i mean really i probably could have shot but i was trying to get good footage and be the best turkey hunter i could be and make sure they were super close like everybody preaches and make sure everybody knew you were a good caller the dude right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so the dude behind me no climbing the ladder nothing you know starting off soft nothing like that just and i'm like Oh my God. Well, these turkeys are eating up. They fold down. They fold up and go right to them. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I could have done like that. You just started with a fly down cackle? It, it was cutting. It wasn't even a fly down cackle. It was aggressive cutting. I'm like, what in the hell? And uh, they fold it up and start going right to him. Well, I'm worried because, and I'm pissed. A, I'm pissed that somebody sat 35 yards behind me. And then on top of that, I don't want the birds to get in between us because that's how accidents happen. So when the birds came, you know, up the hill, I called a little bit and they actually came over my way a tad. And um, man, I'll be honest. I think the shot was like no more than 40 yards. Ooh. And that's like... <laughs> That's a, a layup. That's a layup, dude. And for whatever reason, the, the turkey did not fall down. I, I, I mean, he didn't even act like he was hit, and which is good. But I just couldn't get over it. And uh, he flew up in a tree right in front of me. Stood there at twenty yards. So I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, I, I still, like you couldn't have flew down on the bench. I could have shot you. But instead, he flies up in a tree, and then they all fly off. And so then, not long after, Josh shoots, kills his bird, right? So it's one of those weird days where you're, like, super happy for your buddy, still super happy that all of your scouting and thoughts and game planning literally work perfectly. I just didn't execute a good shot. And really kind of, you know, the, the only – part that kind of pisses me off a little bit is a, I could be tagged out in Kentucky right now completely, but B we wanted to tag out together off the roost. Like that mm -hmm. was a, like, we were going to, not that anybody cares, but you know, just for ourselves, we wanted to make a statement. Like we're going to kill turkeys right off the roost on opening day on public land. And I screwed that up. So that, that, you know, the competitive side of me um, that holds myself to a certain standard was just pissed. But 
I was pumped that my buddy killed a bird and, and our plan, you know, we, we executed the rest of our game plan and we got on God, five other birds and they were screwed up by people every time. And then I was like, I'm just going to go kill myself instead. <laughs> yeah, so, we got um, on multiple birds after that, but it was like every time, Oh, he's gobbling over there. Let's head that way. Gobble. Boom. Like, well, go to a different one. Oh, oh, heard one gobble. Let's go over there. Boom. Like what in the world? Yeah. And the, not to mention the people on private. Yeah. The one dude. Those ones blaring I rap music. Like, yeah. His rifle at like eight in the morning and then another person pulling out into the private land pasture field at like 1030 in the morning, just blaring Cardi B. <laughs> like as loud as the radio could possibly go. Yep. They turned the radio on and the turkey gobbled. It was like right on the public private border. And then it just, the music just kept getting louder. Like, like, well, that, that bird was dead. That bird was dead. <laughs> he was going to die. We were going to kill that bird. Some weird stuff would have to happen. And the weird stuff happened. So, um, then fast forward through the week, uh, I lost my grandfather and was kind of struggling throughout the week. Did a um, did a hunt in the evening once down in Kentucky. Uh, didn't didn't see anything. Heard some birds, but didn't see anything. And then uh, Saturday, I had his celebration of life at like 10 a.m. And it was in the northern Kentucky area, so I thought. Well, I'll go down with Rick to Bruce's farm and we'll hunt together and maybe we can maybe we can get a bird or two on the ground. So I thought, you know, I kinda go by old Josh Stubbs saying of God's timing is perfect and eh, you know what, that sucked, but maybe me and my buddy will double up this morning. It'll just be different and you know, right before grandpa's celebration of life and it'll be badass. Yeah. Called two birds. As well, hold, as, hold on, oh. hold, hold on, hold on. Talk about talk about how the morning started as a whole. It pissed rain yeah. for an entire day before. Then we had to ford the river to get across. Yeah, that's right. We had to ride <laughs> Bruce's gator thing. What is it? Polaris something? Polaris Ranger. Yeah. It started like drove <laughs> through the water. Um, pretty sure the wheels started to float a bit going through it. <clears throat> Got that's across. How high that creek was? Uh, it, it, it was. Yeah. It, it it was not uh, low. It wasn't the highest I've ever seen it, and I've uh, that we've drove driven through it. But it was it was higher than what I. It would have been over our boots. We'll just put it that yeah, way. Easily, um, like I don't know. You might have been able to get across it in the like twenty inch rubbers, but um, it would have been rough. And I think because of the fast flow, yep. you might have wet feet still. So. Yeah, this yep. rain the day before had to ford the river in the freaking Polaris Ranger. Um, boy, did we take a turn. We're like public land, and now we're on like this private ranch. With <laughs> so, um, my servants carried me across the river and such. So, we get set up. Uh, we heard birds gobbling a decent everywhere. Yeah, and I had I had left Rick and walked back to a certain part of the farm, back part of the farm, where I kind of have had experience with find, finding birds roosted. And uh, I'm sitting there, and Rick's like, oh, there's one here and one there. And I'm like, getting impatient. 
And all of a sudden one gobbles and he's like 120 yards away, maybe. And I thought, oh, come on, baby. And so I got set up and uh, me and Josh had set up similarly uh, a little further down um, mm-hmm. last year and we had a bird pop into the field. So I thought, I'm going to sit closer to that area this time and uh but not out in the open so i got set up started to call to these birds and i i hit it just a little later than i wanted but i heard that the bird had flown down off the roost and i could tell that he was on the ground so within 10 seconds 20 seconds whatever it was that he was on the ground and gobbled i threw a nasty fly down cackle and then waited for like you know, a, a minute or something, and then did an assembly yelp like I was walking around, a hen walking around in the field, like, hey, loud, I'd love you to love me. Come out here. I'd like to date you. And then, like, he went nuts, was gobbling on his own. Another gobbler meets up with him, and they're coming directly at, like, we'll say 1230 of me. And then all of a sudden, they gobble, and they're like, 10 o'clock of me. I'm like, crap. So I'm looking over there, just like, they're 70 yards. And so then all of a sudden, I hadn't heard them in a few minutes. So I just threw out a three note yelp, just to, just to check them over to my right. And I look over and I see one just fan out as I look over. And they're, hell, I don't know. 60 yards in closing um and then they come in closer and i i think they were closer than we even got when i shot them really we're in the 40 range like 45 yards something like that maybe 50 which 50 is still a joke with that gun like it's not even it's not even like well we'll uh you know but you can't pull your gun like an idiot when you shoot so but they were on my weak side and I had to really twist over and lean. And I think that played into it, but, you know, not going to make excuses. I, I missed a bird in what I would say was about as much of a gimme shot as you could get, even though it's not like 20 yards. Um, and I was depressed, man. And then, of course, you know, they, they go down towards Rick. And uh, yeah, not long after that, I hear – <laughs> started describing i was like hey a uh, couple of two-year-olds one strut and one not yeah uh yeah and then of course it it turned out to be those birds so uh rick ended up killing one so i was really uh struggling emotional day anyways and uh so i went later that night we had my son's birthday party as well that day and a volleyball game on top of a celebration of life. So it was a crazy day. Um, I went at like eight o'clock at night and checked my gun just to make sure. And it was shit. I probably shot it better than I have, you know, the whole preseason. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, it's just me. You just need to calm down and make your shot. And so we get into what was it? Was it the next day? 
I don't. I don't. So when you went back down there? Yeah, because I hunted Ohio the next day. Or yeah, I hunted Ohio the next day because the day you killed your bird, Josh killed his bird in Ohio. Yeah. So I went down the next day, which was Sunday, the second day of Ohio season. I hunted Ohio on a piece of private I had where I'd had a bird on camera a few times. And so I thought, well, hell, you know, if he's showing up and just to preface this, no, I don't have corn or anything like that out. It was just, it's on a place where I had baited before. And then I quit baiting. Um, we threw some bait out for Josh. For deer. For, for deer. Yeah. Sorry. Um, there you go. <laughs> early October. And then literally never went back and put bait out. So, um, not been bait there in months, right? But it is a, a secondary ridge point, and he was clearly strutting and gobbling there before he went to roost in the evenings because that's when I was getting him. So I thought, I'll go there, and maybe I can get that bird. Never heard a gobbler. So I'm like, okay, you're wasting your time. Let's go down to that farm and see. And I get to the farm, and I'm I'm walking, calling, nothing. It's a crappy, cold, windy it was man so and i just happened to peek over this little low spot where i was standing where i shot my bird there last year and seen a red and white head and he took off running and i shot him and well we we dropped another one at 75 yards and literally it looked like i shot a deer with a 30 odd six in the spine and, and that's where I, I don't understand, like, how can I shoot a turkey that far and just be money? But when they're almost half the distance, I'm struggling. Like, I kind of want to open my choke, get an open choke tube in there or something and see. Cause, but, but when I shoot my gun, like, at a target, it's pretty wide pattern. It's no slouch at 40, 45 yards. I mean, it's. I, th I think, I think you, like, cause you, you had this happen last year too. Like on that same farm, like off of a fly down, right? Like those birds were at 40 yards last year. Um, and, and, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I, th I think I think it's a matter of <clears throat> like, I don't want to say it's forcing a shot or anything like that, but I think it, it's like, <clears throat> I mean, your head, your, you, your, if your head comes off the stock, if you get in an unnatural position and you're not shooting in a, <clears throat> in, an, in a way that you would normally shoot the gun, then you're going to, you know, your shot's going to be off. And it's, and it's, I do want to point out like every bird that we, well, every, every bird that we've talked about has been clean miss. Um, because right. I, I mean, I mean, so, for, so from my perspective, when you shot and missed the birds that morning, <clears throat> I was like, well, how, how the hell did he miss? And then I am sitting what probably, I mean, how many yards away do you think that Three. is? 300, 300 400 yards yeah so those birds i call nothing i call again and then they gobble and they're probably maybe 150 200 yards away at that point and then <clears throat> i see them come up over the hill and there's one constantly going in and out of strut and then there's one that's just not doing anything and um they i just kept making small like feeding noises I had a I had a hen decoy and I had a Jake decoy about 10 yards behind it and they were just walking in real slow 
Um, and they got to a point where I knew it was uh, 40 yards because I had put a stick out for Harrison uh, as, as like a lineup for where, because this is where he shot and missed that big bird on opening day at Kentucky for of youth. And I, I had kind of lost thought process of like where these birds were until I could hear their feet on the ground in front of me. So I'm starting to think like, oh, these birds are at like 20 yards, but they never separated enough. And finally they both went into full strut, but they were like touching the entire time, but they went over and surrounded the Jake decoy. And then the one dropped out of strut and put his head up. And that was all she wrote for him. Um, the other bird flew off and I believe it's the bird that you killed the following day, Chris, because of just the, the tail fan configuration of it. Yeah. Um, like I said, unless you punched a hole and blew its tail feather, middle tail yeah. feather out, um, it, it was the same bird, but, um, you know, that, that was like, it, it, it's one of those things where like, I knew you were like upset that you didn't kill the bird that day. I was like, like, let's go get you a bird. But it was, yeah. you know, we were getting close on time or whatever. So we called, we saw if we could get one up for you and we, and we couldn't. And then yeah. it was, I'm glad you went back down there that next day though. Cause I mean, yeah. those, that bird, you know, that, that bird like cap started, started the rest of the season off really did for, for you. Oh. A nasty seven days, dude. Uh, so I shoot that bird, and um, you know I'm pretty excited. Took the time, you know. I I literally, as I'm walking up the hill there on the farm, I looked over and saw some red buds and dogwoods blooming, and I'm like, "Yep, God, let me kill a bird so I can take a picture with those in the background." And then I killed one like five minutes later. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Well, that was quick. Okay, cool." Uh, I wish Ohio was all day because I just go right back to hunting Ohio. But by the time I make it there, you know, I won't have any time. So I just took my time, took some good picks. And then what did I do next? So I went to um, Indiana on mm -hmm. Tuesday night with our buddy Jacob Emery. And uh, I'm going to have him on here to talk about that in depth. I'll yeah. Run down, but. Essentially, we put four birds on the ground before noon on opening day. And let me tell you, we started off rough because there were people on a Tuesday night pulled off everywhere listening for birds. And there's people from Tennessee, North Carolina, Alabama, Georgia. And I'm like, you guys already got your turkey season, man. Go the hell away. You got the whole south. You're the best turkey hunting in the country. Get out of here. So I'm kind of already like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, I paid $192 and drove, you know, shit, four hours or something like that to go probably not see a turkey. And then we get up super early. He's telling me where to park, and he's going to park in a different spot and then meet me there. And uh, my boy, my boy has the same thought as me. We play defense. So. <laughs> Put as many cars into the parking lots as you can. You get all the cars you can, man. So, um, he uh, he tells me to park in a certain spot, and I park there, and I literally open my door. I don't sit there. I literally 
reverse, you know, back up into the spot, turn my truck off, open the door and walk to the back. And I, I'm opening my tailgate and a truck's rolling around. We barely beat him. And he had had a bird roosted like 30 yards off the road all week or something. And I'm like, oh, my God. So they drive on past and whatnot. And we sat there and literally nothing gobbled. And I thought, awesome. So we start going back into there. And they had way more leaves on the trees than here. The turkeys sounded like they were in the next country. And they were like 150, 200 yards. Um, we struck one and boogered him. Uh, got on another one, set up on him. Uh, below him. Didn't call him, of course. Then we worked our way around, got up on the same bench he was strutting on. He's gobbling at whatever we threw at him, though. He was like, that bird was the kind that we say is ready to die. And, well, <laughs> just keep paying attention. Uh, get up on the same bench, get even with him, make it easy. He comes closer, but, you know, hangs up at, we'll say, 80 yards. But it's too thick to see. So we work with the, our way around the back side of the ridge. Jacob keeps him talking, and I sneak over the ridge. And um, I I see him, and I, I can't believe it. And, like, he's not moving. He's not going. I mean, he's in, like. The, uh, like, locked in strut zone, not going to walk away from it. A small strut zone to the point where he's not leaving a truck bed. Like he's so six just feet. In a, he's in a you know a six by six, eight by eight spot, and he's not leaving it. And it's a little thick. There's some beach limbs and stuff. And um, I found an opportunity for a shot, and I thought, man, you know, with everything, you know, everybody, I'm probably gonna get messages over this, but I don't care because they didn't pay the money and spend the time and you know everything. So. <laughs> I saw my opportunity, took a shot, and rolled the bird. Now, it was like 85 yards with a 20-gauge. But again... Oddly swagger. I mean, the turkey (laughs) turkey didn't, like, we didn't have to run him down. We didn't, nothing like that. Turned cartwheels, flopping, and and dead. Like, Did you know it was 85 when you shot? No, God, no. Okay. Wait, I never know that until I get to the bird and then I look back. I'm terrible at judging yardage. I'd be a world <laughs> champion archer if I could judge yardage. Uh, the only reason I didn't win a world championship is because I suck at judging yardage. So um, we look back up the hill and it was like, oh, my God. And, and 85 might be a little conservative if I'm being honest because – when you watch the video of Jacob, Jacob is flying downhill for like nine or 10 seconds. It's insane. So he could have been further. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we got bird. That would have been bird number three, actually. that we, we didn't know that yet, but that was bird number three on the ground. His buddy had killed one off the roost. And then... Um, like right before I shot my bird, his other bird buddy had shot one. 
And then I shot that one. And then we make our way over to his buddy. And then some of the birds that, you know, he had shot one out of their group, they were still hanging around. Kind of like those birds me and you both killed. You know, they weren't really going every, anywhere. So we, well, Jacob called him in once and couldn't get a shot. And then I got my call out and was able to, you know, kind of fire him up a little bit. Me and Jake were kind of playing off each other, uh, talking shit to each other as hens, basically. And um, so they came back in like a couple minutes later and he blasted one, but that was pretty slick. And then my father-in-law and I went out on Saturday. Is that right? To Ohio? No, Sunday. No, Saturday. I'm right. Saturday. Saturday. And um, we went to a place that I've had lots of success getting on birds. Uh, public and never heard the first gobble. And at that point, I was in panic mode. Because Ohio, a lot of people think like these southern birds and all these different birds are tough. Dude, I'm telling you, Ohio is so tough. There's very little public with birds on it. Everybody's hunting turkeys now, and our population is way down. It's nothing. Like a lot of these other states, it's there's still turkeys, right? They're still tough to kill. But it's just like if you don't have opportunities, it's a lot tougher. So I'm freaking out. Covered a lot of ground that day. Never, never struck up a bird. Never heard a bird gobble at all. Never heard a hen, never saw a turkey. I couldn't believe it. So I called a landowner that had actually let me hunt last year, and that's where I killed my bird the first few minutes of the season. Mm -hmm. Somehow I kind of got, like, ousted, and, like, some other people had seniority over me all of a sudden. So I'm like, all right. So it was really discouraging, and I wasn't. It, they weren't even on the radar at that point because I'm like, well, people have been hunting there. It's a tiny parcel. You know, I like to move around and run a gun. I was like, I'll give him a call. He said, well, nobody's been here since opening weekend. Um, you can hunt tomorrow. So I race over there later that night, and I'm trying to roost a bird, and I'm screaming in the direction that the birds are normally roosted, uh, at least last year, and nothing. And then all of a sudden, I just let out the loudest, most elongated. It was more of a coyote howl than a hoot. And one, you could tell by the way he gobbled. And I've experienced this a couple of times, once with Pierce on public, actually, where I had screamed so loud, you could tell. They had sat there and sat there, but that time it just freaked them out and shot gobbled. They shot gobbled at me. Same thing. He's like, ah. Like, just let out a gobble, and it, it was like, the, oh, shit. So then, by sheer accident, because of that loud howl, two coyotes worked in on me. Keep in mind, I'm standing in this dude's yard. Like, I'm not way off in the woods. He owns, like, 40 acres and has a garden, a pond, a house, a pole barn, and a big yard in the middle of the parcel. So you're hunting a picture frame. Like, that's what you're getting. Like, you're mm -hmm. getting rips on each side. So, you got like 100, 150 yards on each side of the house. 
Um, and that's being generous, probably. So he started gobbling a little more. So I marked him as best I could. And I slipped in there stupid early the next morning, started storming. I'm starting to freak out because I'm like, oh, this is going to wake the bird up. It's going to see my light. And then my morning's going to be over. Wasn't the case. Got sat down, heard the first gobble, and he's roosted 45 yards to my left. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the <laughs> hell do you want to do? And he gobbled and gobbled. And I made a few soft yelps. And I'd taken my strutter decoy and I'd tie a fishing line to him. And I just turned him a few times and made some yelps. And then sat there and had my gun ready and everything. And I'm like, this is going to be some Jacob Emery shit where the turkey is like filmed flying off the roost somehow and like lands right in front of me at the gobbler and I'm going to blow his head off and it's going to be awesome. Wood, <laughs> that little asshole flies behind the tree. I'm, I'm up against a, a giant beech tree. It, it was super comfy. Um, flies behind the beech tree and pitches down at like, I mean, I suck at yardage judging, so he could have been 15 yards, but it looked like about eight or nine steps. Like I, I got up and took a few steps and was at the bird, freaking mowed him down. So I, I hit one that close. So I don't know what it is about like the middle of the road shots, but um, completed my trifecta, and now I'm going to shut up and drink vodka while Josh talks. <laughs> <laughs> Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about an amazing company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family are second to none in putting high quality, hand loaded ammunition in your weapon to put down that big game animal that you have been dreaming of. Aaron Satterfield offers a custom TSS turkey load known as a Saddies Fatty. Man, I, I got to tell you, I love the 12-gauge version of it. Chris shoots the 20. If you've listened to the podcast, I know you've heard the story about when he and I were hunting turkeys in Kentucky, and he put one down at a really decent distance. They also make waterfowl loads, custom rifle loads, and they got general gunsmithing services. Contact Saddies' Facebook page for more information Tell them that Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. Yeah, so, sorry, go ahead, Rick. No, I was going to say, so Josh, you already talked about your Kentucky bird, so you killed your Ohio bird first and then your Indiana bird, right? Yes, but hell of a season, Chris. Yeah. Congrats, buddy. Thank you, bro. You you had a couple misses, just started off and then you just been a strong like kept at it 2004 red sox baby <laughs> <laughs> big poppy <clears throat> it was awesome thank you so now yeah so we we discussed my kentucky bird that i killed opening morning right so um ohio's opening weekend i went out opening morning i went to my father's property so Kentucky was public. I went to private for Ohio just because I hadn't, we hadn't really scouted for birds in Ohio. Um, and I, I hadn't even scouted at my father's there. We had some, we had some cameras scattered out on the property just because we keep track of the deer there. And we seen a couple toms on camera. And I was like, okay, well, I at least know they're in the area. 
uh, let's see, last year and the year prior. So two years ago, my father came with Tom. There's there's like a, a small field on the property. It's 0.3 acres. My father killed a tom there, really nice bird. The following year, which would have been last year, I killed my first tom in that little field. And and what these birds do, they they roost on the neighbors and they'll kind of eventually meander onto this property. The property sits between, so on the, on the south end, that neighbor has like just a big hay field. It's, it's at least 20 acres. The birds will go and strut. And then on the north side of the property, there's another like big 20 acre field um, where they can go and strut and do all that. So really they're just like transitioning through this property. They don't necessarily roost on it at all. So what I, what I planned to do, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go sit in that field. We've been successful there two years in a row. I'll sit there, call and see if something will come over. Um, so we didn't have great weather that day. I think it was really overcast. Um, I don't think it rained where I was at, but it wasn't like, it wasn't super warm, overcast, like not great conditions. Um, so it starts to get gray light. And I heard one bird way off in the distance. It was like multiple neighbors over. And I, he, he went off a few times. And that was the only bird I heard. Did some light calling and stuff in that little field. I didn't hear anything around me. I didn't hear anything in the two closer neighbor fields. And I was like, man, like, what is going on? So the morning progresses. It gets to, I want to say 8.30. And I, I finally decided to get up. I was like, you know what? I got I to gotta roam around, figure out if maybe I'll move to the other side of the property and actually hear a bird. Or I'll go and glass the neighbor's fields mm -hmm. and just see if there's a bird out there. Maybe I can call them off of one of the fields um if if there was a lonely strutter out there so i get up start moving around i actually go towards the opposite corner of the property that was closer to where i heard that bird gobble for at, at first light so i go there and then there's a along the neighbor's field that's over there we have just a, a big um path uh, my father has like a utv there's a, a big path that's open along the field and I was like, well, I'm going to sneak up onto this, this path we have here and kind of glass the field and work down the trail and just see if I hear anything or see anything. Um, well, I get up towards the corner of this field. I'm on our property and I'm looking out and they, I haven't, I haven't seen it like all year. And they actually let it all, it was all grown up. So great, like nesting habitat, but really they, they didn't really have anywhere they could strut out there. It was like right up against the wood line that had the shorter grass where they could possibly strut. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. shoot, I'm not, I'm not going to see anything out there. I, the south edge of that field, which would have been towards the north edge of our property, I, I glassed that one strip where something could possibly strut. There was nothing there. I was like, I'm just going to work down this trail and go to the very end of our property. Well, I had forgotten that the other neighbor that butts up against to that edge of the property. He, he's he got a, a, a just a small field. He, he basically cut out all the timber at the back end of his property. And it's probably like a, a one acre open patch. And at this point, it's like, I think it's around nine o'clock and the sun's coming out. So I'm like working towards this field. I'm going pretty slow. And I actually, I'm, I'm probably, I don't know, 80 yards from where that field is. And I can 
I see something move and I, I threw my binders up and it was a hen. I was like, oh, it's like there's a hen up there. I was like, maybe I'll call to her if I get her pissed off enough. Maybe she'll start calling and then something will just gobble around us. Or at least that was my hope. I was like, hopefully I hear something. So I called her. She's not responsive. I get aggressive with my call and then I heard a gobble on what would have been the backside of that field. So further away from me, I was like, oh, shoot, there's there's something goblin that's not too far. So I let that hen work off into that bigger field on the other neighbors. And then I, I scoot down. I go to I'm probably 40 yards from the property line. I didn't want to be too close to the guy's property just in case someone was hunting back there. Um, but I get tucked up by a cedar and I'm just sitting there and I eventually see a fan out in this field it pops up in this little field I can see it through the trees and I just see a fan there I can see it was a full fan I'm like oh good it's not a Jake it's a it's a Tom and he was out there for a while and then I call get him to gobble and then there was a second Tom that gobbled as well he wasn't strutting uh, but there was two Toms out in this field and I was like oh like okay maybe something will happen and i think i texted you guys and i was like panicking i was like i was like what do i do these birds aren't coming off the field they were just they stayed out in the open the sun was out they just sat there and strutted and you guys gave me some good advice you're like you know just get quiet scratch some leaves do some soft calling mm -hmm. see if will come in so that's essentially what i did I, I got aggressive like once, got him to gobble, and then I shut up for a little bit and just got real quiet and scratched some leaves. I do like some soft yelps and just soft calling what I could do. And they eventually they eventually broke strut and then they kind of looped around this field and they started coming towards me. I was like, okay. I was like, they're getting a little closer. Maybe they'll you know, they're going to cross the property line. I'll get a chance to shoot at them. At this point, they're like 60. I'm like, man, they can either go directly to the east and pop on the other neighbor's field. They'd have to come south to come towards me. And I was like, oh, come on, just work south. Let's grab some leaves, do some soft calling. And they, they just slowly started feeding towards me. And uh, they crossed the property line. The property line, like I said, was like 40 yards away. So as soon as they cross, I'm like, I have a gun ready. I'm like, okay, you cross that imaginary line. Like, <laughs> like, it's go time. I was like, first one that offers a shot, I'm taking. And uh, they're just slowly, slowly work towards me. The first bird that offered me a shot, he's probably 35 yards. And I, I took it, laid him down. It was like, I think it was around 930. Um, so that was pretty cool. That was the first time I called a bird off of like a neighboring property. Um, I got lucky and then they didn't have a hen with them. But I don't know if they didn't see that hen I originally seen. Because when I first heard them gobble, they were still a little ways off. And that hen kind of meandered off into the other neighbor's field and was being quiet. So I'm assuming they didn't see her mm -hmm. because, because they worked towards me and not that bird. So I was jacked. So opening day of Ohio, got a bird down. And then we'll fast forward uh, to Indi not Indiana's opener. Indiana opened on a Wednesday. So I got to hunt. I say they opened they open midweek, right? Yeah, it was Wednesday when they opened of last week, right? Well, when this airs, it'll be you know the week prior. But anyway, yeah, they opened on a Wednesday. So uh, the first chance I have to hunt is on a Saturday. And 
the guy on our team, Tyler Westell. Is it Westell? Westell, right? We can call him whatever we want. River rat. <laughs> Gator glide. That's right. Gator it's, glide, mother. So <laughs> Tyler had invited me out to hunt the public in Indiana with him. This was earlier in the year when we thought, like, oh, like we'll kind of do a challenge with Chris and some other guys. We'll see who gets like more birds or bigger birds. That didn't really pan out, but we still plan on hunting together. So I met up with him um, Friday night. And what we were doing, we were going to a couple different places, or we had planned on to have a couple different places via water access. And uh, he had set up camp uh, at a, picked a campsite and set up camp. And then I met him at this boat ramp um, on Friday. And then we went to camp, we camped out, and then um, went after birds Saturday morning. He got there early on Friday and was scouting all day. And this is a piece he had been to. He, he deer hunts there. And every fall, he says he always sees a bunch of turkeys there. Well, not all the time do you see turkeys kind of stay in the same area as they are in the fall and the spring right they're kind of usually they're a flocked up areas. they're flocked up in the fall and yeah. in larger groups whereas in the spring they just disperse it's a you know similar to bachelor groups with deer like you have bachelor groups at certain times and then you don't other times of the year yeah so he had every time he deer hunts there he sees a bunch of birds and then he went and scouted uh and heard a couple gobbles not like a bunch but a couple like okay at least we have like a heading to go to so saturday morning we get up we head on to the public and uh we track back to a place where tyler um, heard a bird gobble he roosted one he didn't see it he just heard it so i will take that back he briefly saw it and got a general idea of where it roosted um so we headed in that direction we were kind of like twiddling our thumbs trying to figure out what to do because we didn't know exactly where the bird was roosting we didn't know how close we could get and it's, it's not an easy place to be quiet like the ground is like riddled with like sticks and other stuff and so we kind of put up our thumbs for a little bit until birds started going off and we're like okay like we know where they are we start heading towards them and then like multiple birds started going off we heard like four or five in this area we're like holy cow um i was actually proud of myself that morning i feel like i did some of the best mouth calling i had done thus far a hen in the middle of all these gobbles starts going off on the limb and she's like put, 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 you know so i started mimicking it back to a mouth call just put, 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 put. i was trying to get her angry what i was trying to do and get her to pitch our direction and in turn hope that the Toms or the gobblers would pitch off towards us because there was there was like this levee so we were we were up near against this like big creek system and then there was like a flat that was probably 60 to 70 yards wide and there was a levee on this so we were on the back side of this levee so we couldn't really see the flat um but these birds pitched down over near the flat so we couldn't see them so we ended up trying to sneak around this levee we played cat and mouse with these birds most of the morning we actually they actually got up on the flat and we swung around down to the creek below the bank and um, we got very close probably within 40 yards of these birds like we're sitting there along the bank we can't see them we're like where are they at we just need them to gobble one goes off and we're like 
holy shit like that was close um, we ended up peeking over the bank just enough to where we could see him and there were four birds there and uh, i could see one's head but he was like his tail fan was like covered by a tree and there was another one right next to him that was covered by a tree but i could see part of his tail fan and then tyler's to my left at this point so we're like next to each other and then there's one a little bit further to my left that i can't see well but he can see and tyler goes you know there's one to the left i kind of turn my head a little bit and i see him so we're like oh there's a good chance we could we could double here like Tyler goes left, so I don't swing towards him, right? And all I have to do, the birds out in front of me, they just have to go right. They have to separate and just just go to the right on, out of the view of the tree, and then I have a shot. They just have to do exactly what you want them to do in your head. Yeah. I was like, take a few, <laughs> take a few steps towards your right, and then there's a shot. And then Tyler can shoot the bird to the left. Because I, I could have shot the bird to the left, but Tyler's to my left. I didn't want to like swing over towards him. He would have had to like duck down. Um, so we're like waiting patiently and these birds don't go right. They like kind of catty corner, like start walking off and then they stay together. Like the birds you were talking about earlier, Rick, where they were like touching each other. Yeah. Like, they didn't separate and they get to like 65 and they're still close. They get out in an opening, but there's like three birds like right next to each other. I'm like, well, I can't. I'm going to take a shot and then end up with like all these birds dead. So they end up going back over that levee and um, we tried to make a, a move and go around. And we, we weren't sure if we boogered them. We didn't hear them after that. Um, but a little bit later we saw another hunter um, walk down this path that wasn't far from us. So if they would have went over the levee, they would have seen that hunter walking. So we think that other hunter might've boogered them up but we didn't get on another bird that all the whole day um we can only hunt until noon there um on on in indiana on certain pieces of public you can only hunt until noon or one sorry uh, if you're on eastern standard time they have those weird time zones in indiana where it changes um but on down this water system tyler had permission on private He's like, hey, I have permission where we can hunt on this private. Let's go down there for the evening. So we go down there, and uh, we're sitting in a spot watching this field and calling nothing. So Tyler's like, well, let's go this area. He's like, in the past, there's been birds that hung out in this patch of woods here, like, in the afternoons. So we go over there. We're walking, and Tyler's like, man, maybe we should, like, sit and wait for a little while and just kind of listen. No sooner he says that, he, like, looks up, and he's like, what is that? And I'm like looking and you can just see like a bright red spot like through the trees in this woods. Uh... He's like, that's a Tom. And there were two hens out in front of him and they didn't see us. I don't know how they didn't see us, but they didn't see us. So we're like frozen. And the hens are maybe like 65 yards away. The Tom being like 20, 30 yards off behind them. We're like, oh, shoot. And they're working like towards us. So I'm like, okay, like, let's just wait here. There's a big tree kind of in front of us to our left. We're like, let's see if we'll get past this tree and then maybe we can kind of like kneel and get low. Um, well, these hens work off and the toms fall in kind of the same direction. The tom actually gets in a small opening that was like 65. But the hens are working right towards us. I'm like, man, if he keeps doing what he's doing, like we're, we're going to have like a 30 yard shot. So I didn't take the 65 yard shot between the trees. 
I we sit there patiently waiting. <laughs> I know in my head, in my head, I'm like, man, Chris would just be like, shoot, shoot. I, I'm, like, I, I'm thinking about this, how this is going to go, because when you and I were talking about your Kentucky bird that you killed, you're like, oh, these birds are going to hit the bench and they're just going to walk. And it's like turkeys do whatever the hell they want, man. They, they, it's like they have no regard for any laws of physics or nature. It's just like, oh, there's a cliff there. I'm going to grip onto it and walk at a 90 degree angle straight down it. Literally that. Like, let's just walk <laughs> up the edge of this cliff. <laughs> Oh man. So, anyway, in my head, I'm like, oh man, this bird's gonna work right here. Just be patient. Don't don't rush it. So they get behind this tree and we kneel down, and those hens work, they got within 25 yards of us. And then they, they got to the point where they got a little close and they couldn't tell what we were. They're like, oh, what's that? And they're like, you know, they didn't like really putt and they didn't run. They just kind of like their heads pop up and we're like, oh, that's something's not right there. And they go to turn around. Well, that Tom, instead of following like he was, he like cuts back and does a big loop behind him. So if those hens, if those two hens are 25 yards, that bird was, let's see, Tyler ranged it. He was 70 yards past them. Like, I don't know. I don't know why he went that direction. He was like doing a so big that bird loop would have been at 95 him. yards in at that point. Yes. I didn't know that at first. So he's working off, and I'm like, I'm ready to shoot. Why didn't you shoot? I'm uh, so I, I, <laughs> I, I thought it was like 65. See, I got my gun ready, and uh, there was there was like a, a stump in the way. I was like, man, he just needs to go. There was a down tree, and then like a stump. It made like this weird like T, and he was like right near that stuff. And I'm like, man, just like move back over a little bit, and then I have an opening. I'm telling Tyler because he's kind of to my left where I'm aiming. I'm like, stay down, don't move. Like I'm going to shoot this bird, and he's like ranging it. He's like, he's like, I don't think you should shoot. I'm like, why? He's like, I'm getting 97 yards. <laughs> so I end, up, I end up not taking the shot. He said 97, and I was like, man, that's really far. So anyway, so that bird, the hens turn around and walk towards him. And that so once I get a certain way, we like like okay, this this property had the water system on one side and then like another barrier on the other. It, it came to like a point. And Ty was like, well, let's loop way around. We'll get to that point and see if we can cut them off. So we we do a big loop. We feel like we're in front of them. We never saw them. Um so we, we ended up splitting up again. Ty went on another side of the property. I went on uh not far from where we were. He saw two other Toms um, come onto that property from, from a neighboring property. Um, they were a ways away. He said they were working towards me. I never saw them. Um, he actually ended up seeing like another bird on a different spot. But that took up all of our afternoon. We wanted to get back to that first, the, the piece of public we were at to roost. Um, so we, so at this point, we had those four Toms in the morning. And we saw three toms on that property, so there's seven. So, I mean, it was a pretty good day. Seven birds. Um, we kind of asked for anything better, uh, but we we worked back down the water system, back to the public, and to roost birds. And we go back to where we set up that morning because the way Tyler described it, it was like it was a historical roost site. 
Okay. He's like, I see him here in the fall. We saw him there that Saturday morning. We're like, let's just go over here and we'll listen. And uh, eventually we heard a gobble. Like we did some locator calls, nothing, nothing. These birds were kind of quiet. And then one ends up gobbling on its own. We're like, okay, they're back in the area. And then we saw them start popping out of the woods and they were working down to the creek. The creek was pretty low and they were getting some water before they went to roost. And I thought some of them were hens because they were a ways off. I was like, oh, a couple of gobblers and a bunch of hens. I'm like, okay. Well, we get the binos out. And it turns out there are six toms in this group. No hens, six toms. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen this. Wow. Especially like at that time of the year. And I was, I figured they would be busted up. But I'm like, man, this is like a, they, they all have visible beards. Like there's no jakes in this group. I was like, man, this has to be like a huge group of like two-year-olds. Like I haven't seen this many like stick together. It's when all the brothers make it to the next year. There might have been, mm -hmm. there was probably like 14 of them this time last year. There was a bunch of them. So they go and roost. And we had actually planned our approach to get in the creek and pop up where we were that morning where we missed our opportunity on a shot. But two of the toms came like right towards us and roosted. They flew up in a tree, maybe 50, 60 yards from us right where we needed to like walk that morning. We're like, well, can't do that. But we knew where they were. We had a beat on them. So Sunday morning, well, Saturday night, we, we go back to camp. We're, we're getting comfy. We're, we have like a fire. We're hanging our clothes because it's wet out there. And uh, we're getting ready to go to bed and the wind picks up. And Tyler's like, he's like, well, I don't like that. And I recall looking Friday or earlier on Saturday, there was mm -hmm. like a chance. There was a chance of rain Saturday night. It didn't look like anything severe, just a chance between like 1 a.m. to like 3 a.m. I was like, hey, there was a chance of rain. Like, let's let's look at the radar and see if if it's still coming our way. So we pulled the radar, and the chance of rain had increased to 100% between like 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. And we're looking at the radar, and there's like a band of yellow and red. So there's a bunch of green and a band of yellow and red. We're like, uh, maybe we should go down the river to our trucks. Um, so we were like sitting there debating. We're like, do we stay? Because the radar had said it was going to dissipate. And we're like, man, if it if it doesn't dissipate, then then we're stuck out here. And we're in, we're amongst trees, and the wind was supposed to get like 20, 20 to twenty five miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So we go down the river. Um, get the boat on the trailer, sleep in Tyler's truck. It's like 1 a.m. when we get to bed and we have to get up by like 3.30 in order to put more gas in the in, in the boat, get the boat back in the water and then go all the way back to the public in order to sneak in under the roost. So we do all that. Um, we, what we did was we ended up working around these birds on that backside of that levee I talked about. We popped up over the levee and got to where Saturday morning where those birds walked away across the levee. We were on, we were right there, but we could, we were on the other side of the levee where we can view the whole flat. And this, I say it's a flat, it does have some rolling terrain in it, but it's probably 60 to 70 yards across. Um, there is a, there's like a dip in the middle. So anyway, 
<clears throat> so the morning progresses. We start hearing a bird. There, a bird goes off 50 yards to like our right that's in a roost. And then another one goes off maybe 70 yards, kind of catty corner to our right. Tyler happens to look up and sees a bird. He, like, he hears something in the tree, looks up, and there is a tom like almost right above us. Like the tree he was in was like 20 yards away. And we're like, uh, we're way too close. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's birds all around us. What these birds were doing, they, they ended up pitching down over into the creek. There was like a, a, a sandbar area, almost like a little beach area. They walk down, get some water, and come back onto that flat. So they all these birds end up, they pitch down at different times, but they all went into this creek. And we couldn't see them for where we were at. So we waited for a while, and they eventually popped back over. Tyler and I, Tyler and I are both on two birds that we see that pop up first. And as they're walking towards us, I was like, oh, man, they're going to give us a chip shot. Three birds a little further down pop up, and they're working up on the flat as well. Those two birds in front of us end up in that dip. They go down a dip, and I can't see them. Neither of us can. We're like, oh, shoot, they're covered up. In the meantime, the three birds to the right are working into a shooting lane I have. So I swing the gun, and I was like, okay, we're not messing around. First opportunity I get, I'm taking it. The lead bird gives me an opening. I estimated 45 yards. I took a shot and birds go flying. I thought I'd missed. So just because of the, all the birds that still fly. And they were going across the creek was private. So they were flying right towards that private. So I jump up, trying to throw another shell in my gun. At this, at this point in time, Tyler couldn't see the birds when I shot because they were down in the dip and the other ones were covered by trees. He gets up. And he starts shooting at a bird that, that didn't fly off. It just turned around and started running. So I'm trying to load a shell, and I hear boom, boom. <laughs> I wish there was like a big, just a camera watching this whole situation unfold, and you could see everything. But I'm like running towards where I think my bird flew over the creek. I get a shell on my gun. I don't see anything. I heard Tyler shoot two or three times. I'm like, shoot, I don't see those birds. They went over on the on the private. So I, I saw the corner of my eye, Tyler running. I'm like, I'm like, okay, he had a bird and he's trying to chase it down. So I go running towards him and then I hear him holler back, hey, did you grab your bird? And I'm like, what is he talking about? So I look back and so there was this tall grass, probably like a foot high, and this bird dropped. Was, I think last episode I talked, I hadn't had a bird just drop like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. That, that's what this bird did, and that's why I thought I missed. He dropped under the grass, and I couldn't see him. When I looked back, I saw like a wing, just a little flap, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, bird down. <laughs> I go grab the bird, jog back towards Tyler. And at this point, Tyler was swimming the creek. Yeah, I... I was so confused when you guys <laughs> sent that video. I'm like, why is he? And I look and I was like, he's got a turkey in his hand. <laughs> and he's mm -hmm. like, well, like he, 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 yeah, just. <laughs> so Tyler had shot this bird, rolled it over the embankment of a creek. And when he got to the edge of the embankment there, the bird was down there kind of like, flapping its wings trying to get away and so when tyler went to go after it it picked up steam 
had enough steam to like start flapping its wings and it started like getting enough to where it could go over the water. Tyler takes off running and swims this creek to this bird. The, the opposite side is a real steep embankment. So the bird's just hitting the ground essentially. Tyler swims, catches up to the bird, um, snaps its neck, puts it out pretty quick, but he's got to swim back. <laughs> he, he actually walked through a part of it that was, it was waist high or a little higher. Um, but yeah, so we doubled up that morning in Indiana. That was a pretty awesome trip. Birds everywhere. So other than those six that we had seen roost in that area and that we saw, uh, off in the distance, I heard probably four others out throughout that morning. So there was birds all over. Uh, but yeah, so that completed my tri-state trifecta. And what was cool is, Chris, you had, I think, texted the group and showed your empty satty shell. And uh, so we, we actually completed our trifectas in different states within like 30 minutes apart of each other. Maybe even less than that, honestly. Yeah. 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 It was it was a cool experience. My best turkey season ever. Yeah. Um, same, same for me. Yeah. I mean. Same here. Like I killed a double bearded bird last year and that's all cool. But to me, killing birds in different states and with buddies, man, that's, that's tough to, that's, that's what turkey hunting I think is all about. Like you mm -hmm. don't, there is no inches. There's no, well, well that bird's only got, you know, a pretty good tail fan. We're going to let him walk. No, you just, if you gobble, you die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't gobble at me. And, and I said that multiple times this year, don't gobble at me. And, you know, you get to sit there with your buddies and um, there's just more camaraderie to it and everything. And uh, I, I will say, man, turkey hunters get super judgy, super quick, and it's annoying. But at the end of the day, it's just so much fun and it's like the beginning of spring and then when you get done with turkeys it's sad and then it's whitetail time so yep. yeah so i said i thought that bird was 45 when i shot and earlier i said there were some dips in this flat well there was a dip in the flat so i misjudged and he was i once i got to him i looked back where i was i'm like oh that's farther than i thought so i hit the range finder and it was 65. But that just goes to show you the saddies. Um, you know, I, I know we throw them a lot and Aaron's a good friend of ours, but he custom loads all those shells and they just flat out perform. I mean, that bird, it didn't, it didn't move. It literally dropped like a sack of potatoes at that yardage. I was like, Oh, like that's, that was very impressive. Yeah, um, dude, hell of a season, man. Pretty cool to watch you. Uh, not only I'm, I'm going to take a second here, and this is going to sound a little, a little arrogant, but you're like my mini me. <laughs> Literally, you're busting birds at at longer yardages and freaking kit. Like you're just out there killing. Like you're not just calling or going by. You know, a reaping fan or decoys or whatever. It's just woodsmanship and let's get some birds on the ground however we can do that that's however we're able to play the game i think people lose sight of that they think that you're just going to show up with a call anywhere and 
call birds and some <clears throat> i mean i've seen it multiple times you make calls and the birds shut the hell up they go the other way you know they it, it's tough man and it doesn't work out like you plan it so really cool for us to both set a goal and both achieve it together like yep. that badass that's pretty neat and uh when i was talking about that those that group of birds i thought was a, a group of two-year-olds the bird I killed was actually my biggest bird this year. Um, had like an inch and an eighth spurs and like 10 and a quarter inch beard. And I was talking to you, Chris, and you were saying that's usually kind of what people think of as like a three-year-old bird. The bird that that Tyler killed was like a two-year-old bird. It was like um, the other bird I killed in Kentucky. But I was just, I was just very surprised that 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 was my biggest bird and, and a big group of toms like that. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much our turkey. That's the whole season. That's the whole yeah. season. That's yeah. all folks. See you yeah. next time. <laughs> <laughs> like I so, said, I'll, I'll play around this weekend, but I don't think I'll get to hunt for myself at all. So yeah. I'm going to ask this now because I asked it the last time. <laughs> And Christopher hasn't answered this question yet. Oh boy. Yes, you. Um, what is your favorite thing you've learned so far this season? Oh, this my. season. Oh man, that's really tough. And I have learned a shitload. I so know. I will say, give me, give me a second here. So um I'm gonna say. My favorite thing I've learned this year is that you can hub hunt gobblers. You can literally find and hunt gobblers on secondary ridge points. Basically, they're strutting where bucks are betting uh, and dumping off into a hub. Like They're trying to use a hub similarly to how a buck does, but they're not using their nose or a scrape, they're using their ears, eyes, and their mouth to gobble into it. And that, that, like that to me, watching, so watching the Southern Outdoorsman video and listening to their podcasts on that, um, and then going to Kentucky with Josh and scouting and just verifying it and literally watching it before our eyes, we both just looked at each other like, holy shit. That is cool. Like you can, you can go find birds that way and set up on them and kill them. So, and it, it really, to me, I'll say that it helped me kill my bird in Indiana. It, I, it's not like I wouldn't have done the same thing, but immediately, and and I'm not like trying to say I'm better, or worse, or anything, right? But when we went to sit down in the first spot, we sat down on that bird in Indiana. I'm like shit man we're below this bird i look at my spartan forge app i can clearly see he's on a bench and i'm like yeah man we're in a different spot so you know, this is indiana i'm just gonna sit down you know I'm, I'm here to hunt with my buddy i'm not gonna really say anything but immediately i've got red flags going off like i just don't think that bird's leaving that bench and then we get up even with him and he still won't leave his strut zone and sure as shit, we and and it was literally like 
probably 30 or 40, probably 30 yards away from the actual hillside, like the graded steep hillside. And as you shoot straight from where I was to the bird and then out across the bench, is a secondary ridge point. I mean, it's just the gospel of the Lord, basically. Like, so that's my favorite thing. You're right. I'm hunting I, gobblers. I, I hadn't, I had not answered that question yet. Um, and that is hands down my favorite thing that I've learned uh, that, that really sticks out to me. And to be clear, I've learned some really cool shit this year. We've got to scout with Jake and um, me and Josh have scouted together and I've figured out multiple states. So there's been a lot of, you know, we did a podcast with them the other night and still like with our own scouting trip, we're talking and light bulbs are going off in our head and we're like, damn, you know, life's just yeah. really good. <laughs> that was, that was really neat the other night when we were talking with them, we're just breaking down our own. We literally went on the scouting trip and we were just talking and recapping it. And even just talking, recapping it, I feel like we we were learning things and just getting everyone's perspective on it. We're like, oh, like yeah. that's some juicy details right there. And I was there, and I didn't, right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, there were multiple things that I kind of picked up on while we were talking that I never even thought about while we were there. And so, but yeah, good question, Rick. You're welcome. Somebody else told me that question one time. I thought I should ask it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a great season. I, I can't, I can't argue anything. Um, it's just I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's uh. what do you guys see deer season? Uh, huh? What do you guys see deer season? Oh yeah. Deer season's going to be nuts. You ever seen a package of bologna that looks like it's been just beat to hell. That's what it's going to look like. Like an old pack of Oscar Mayer that's been rolled around in the bottom <laughs> of the deli counter for a while. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> well, um, from our turkey hunting family to yours, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm Rick Cates been, and uh, host tonight, Chris Leppert, Josh Thank Luck. You. Yeah, your name's Chris. <laughs> I can see your names at the bottom. Oh, Josh says the right name now instead of my yes. name. I switched it. <laughs> uh, if you got the ability, get somebody in the outdoors in the following weeks. It's getting to be springtime and moving into summer. Perfect time to get out and scout before the greenery gets too, too bad in some of the states here you're listening. So get out and do what you need to. Guys, have a great evening. Bye. See ya. See ya.